Oh yes, welcome back everyone to Wild Animal Hunting with Wonder Rob. Today, we are on the hunt for a very dangerous animal, yes siree. We are looking for the elusive shoff. We are in the shoff's natural habitat. You can tell by all the comic books, the posters of Star Wars, and random infinity gauntlets scattered around the place. Oh, oh, careful. I think I've spotted the shoff. Oh, what a treat today, listeners. This isn't just a normal shoff. No, no, this is a very rare breed of shoff. This is the paternal shoff. Yes, very rare indeed. You can tell the difference, the subtle difference, by the gray hairs on his head. The bags under his eyes. What's this? Oh, yes, this is definitely the paternal shoff. He's carrying baby diapers full of poop. Oh, this is a very dangerous animal. You don't want to get... Oh, he's looking at me. He's looking me in the eyes. Oh, back away. Back away. Oh, no! Stay away from my baby! Oh, he's coming! Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Come on, shop. Well, it's time to record now. Yeah, Wonder Rob, I just can't wait to record now. We met on stage because we like to perform now. We're best of friends co-hosting all of our shows now. It's time to celebrate our energy. With new shows for you to blast every freaking week. Come on, shop, it's time to let our geek speak. I hear you rob, my geek speak has crazy tech. We move up Marvel, DC's okay. Our content rocks, geek news all day. We're gamers too, we play for fun. I'm Trekkie proud, phasers to stand. Film and TV, our force is strong. Geek so to speak, where you belong. Geek so to speak, 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 geek so to speak. Welcome back, fellow geeks, for another episode of Geek So To Speak podcast, your source for all things geek. We're talking movies, we're talking TV shows, we're talking video games, we're talking comic books, we're talking geek news, we're talking trailers, we're talking everything in between. And yes! We're back, ladies and gentlemen. This is a live, well, semi-live episode of Geek, so to speak. We're back from vacation. I am your co-host, Wonder Rob. And on the line with me is my best friend in the whole wide world, the yin to my yang, the cheech to my chung, the chef to my boyardee. He's a little older. He's a little wiser. He's definitely a lot more tired. Shoff, how's it going, Shoff? <sighs> What's up, Wonder Rob? It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Oh my goodness, it is good to be back. Back in the old saddle. As uh, our loyal listeners know, uh, the last four episodes were uh, paternity episodes, and we'll get we'll talk about that a little bit more a little bit later. But right now. 
I just want to say to everybody, it's good to be back. Thanks for uh, sticking through the break. We appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't already, hit subscribe on your iTunes or your Spotify or your Stitcher or your Google Play or whatever, SoundCloud, whatever platform you're listening to us on. Do me a personal favor. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button. While you're at it, if you haven't left us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to us on, do me another personal favor. Hit that review button, do the five stars, leave us a, a nice little note because you do get a special shout out on the show. We did get another five star review shot over our break, but, uh, well, first of all, thank you to whoever left that, but they didn't leave a review. They just left a five star review. So they did leave a review, but they didn't leave a review. So <laughs> thanks, whoever that was, but we can't give you the special sexy shout out. If you don't, tell us what you think about the show. So uh, don't forget, leave a review. Don't just review, but leave a review. Uh, so we have a, a big, big episode for you, folks. This is uh, our, our return to form, so to speak. Uh, of course, we've got all the latest and greatest geek news, actual geek news <laughs> this time. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about Ghost of Tsushima and Paper Mario, the Origami King, uh, which we have both have been playing over our break. Uh, but first, before we get into the geek news, before we get into the topic-led conversation about these two badass video games, Shoff, a lot has happened over the break, mainly with you. True. Not so much me. I'm still just lazy old Wonder Rob, but you... Life has changed dramatically, so why don't you uh, why don't you let the listeners in on everything that's different? Okay, so well, <clears throat> I've lost some weight. I'm wearing medium oh, shirts yeah. now. I'm wearing medium t-shirts now, in case anybody nice. wants to buy me a shirt. Um, but all of that weight that I lost is starting to find its way back because uh, I've been why? feeling kind of stressed out. Uh, why? Uh, because I now have a child. What? You're telling me that all of this was not an elaborate ruse. <laughs> that you really had a baby. Well, your girl had a baby. That's right. That's right. She put in the work. She put in the time. She put in the effort. Uh, it was an, a magical experience. Um, mm -hmm. a 13-hour labor uh, it was a home, unmedicated water birth. <laughs> yeah. Woo! She's a trooper. She is. She is Give a fierce goddess. Hell yeah. She, she kicked ass. She's, she's definitely um, pretty amazing. And um, my baby girl was born on the 4th of July. Oh, that's right. Captain America's birthday. That's right. That's right. Um and as soon as I saw her butt, I was like, that's America's butt. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, turn her around. Yep. Just as I suspected, America's butt. <laughs> um, yeah, being a dad, uh, it, it, uh, I tell you what, you read a lot of books and they don't prepare you for shit. <laughs> that's true. I thought for sure. I was going into it. I had like three books under my belt that were all how to be a dad. And uh, here's all the months, month by month. This is what you do. This is how what you prepare for. This is what you tell your wife. And I did all the things. And it was not enough because uh, I'll tell you what, no amount of, of people saying you're going to lose sleep could have prepared me for the l amount of lost <laughs> sleep 
I have experience. Uh, I told you. Yeah. You didn't believe me. No, I didn't. I was like, oh, they sleep a lot. And I've heard plenty of people say, oh, you know, newborns, they sleep like all day. That is a bunch of shit. That is a crock of garbage shit. Okay. Um, because my child does not like to sleep. My child likes to stay awake. My child does not like the bassinet, does not like the, uh, uh, the docketot, like the little baby lounger does not like mm-hmm. the chair, uh, like the little like swingy chair, uh, doesn't like the bouncy yeah. chair. Uh, if you're, Uh-oh. if she's not in our arms 24 seven, she's upset. And she goes from zero to 60 in like 0.2 seconds. She has a short ass fuse and I don't know if she gets it for me or she gets it for hmm. mama, but which I'm going to say she gets it for me. <laughs> you took the joke before I could even say it. <laughs> Just like dad. Just <laughs> so I've got some work to do, <laughs> um, but uh, that's the, that's the downside. The positive side is she's amazing. She's beautiful. Uh, she teaches me patience every day and, um, I'm along for the ride. I'm just trying to keep up. Honestly, the toughest part for me, I got to say one to Rob, and maybe you experienced this is <sighs> babies are used to mom, right? Like they've, they've been an yeah. inside mom for nine plus months. Right. So, and then they're born and they're already very used to mom. And then they are spending tons of time on mom feeding and mm-hmm. poor dad has been waiting patiently for almost 10 <laughs> months to meet baby. And then once baby's born, dad thinks that now he's going to get a chance to connect with his child. And dad is wrong <laughs> because baby wants nothing to do with dad <laughs> because dad's nipples don't work. <laughs> dad's nipples are purely for decoration and are covered in hair. So, uh, I got nipples. Great. Could you milk me? Can you milk me? <laughs> so the big struggle I've been experiencing is just that she prefers mom all the time. And she's in my arms for just a few minutes and then she starts crying again. And, uh, yes, I'm using the pacifier, but it only lasts for so long before she's like, I want the boob and I don't blame her. I, I would want the boob too. I, I currently want the boob, but I'm not able to get the boob right now. <laughs> the boob is occupado. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I've been dealing with. Wonder Rob, your experience as a, as a dad, you've got now, yeah. uh, what, like, uh, almost two years under your belt. Yeah. Link, my boy, he is, uh, let's see, November, December, January, February. Yeah. Like a year and eight months, year and eight months or so. Uh, I don't disagree. He's definitely a mama's boy. That's for sure. But in uh, in our instance, even though he's he's king of the mama's boys, uh, he's also king of the play with dad. And so I feel like, or with us, not to get too sidetracked on, on your moment, Shaf, but he definitely likes to, to play and goof around with dad. You know, we chill out on the couch. He's watching me play my Nintendo. We're goofing around with toys. But like when he falls or bangs his head or bites his lip or the multitude of ways that he seemingly advents off the top of his head to hurt himself, <laughs> he goes straight to mom <laughs> almost every single time. <laughs> and if it's just me, if it's daddy day, he's just like, he'll look around. He's like, where's mom? 
I need math. So uh, I definitely can relate. But I feel like your relationship, you'll see that separate relationship. And you know she's going to be a daddy's girl. You just know. I hope so. I don't see any of that yet, but I hope so. Well, to, to be fair, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, she's a potato right now. No, no, you can't. Potato. You cannot say that about her. You cannot. She, she is like Link was a potato for a very long time. <laughs> she, she definitely. Um, uh, I'm not going to call her potato. She's not a potato. She is a. No, she, I mean that in the nicest way possible. She is a, <laughs> she is a baby, but, um, but she, yeah, she definitely does prefer mommy. So I'm, I'm working through that. Uh, therapy is helping, and <laughs> uh, there you go. And uh, and there also go, whiskey, bud. whiskey is helping. Uh, and as oh, is sure. playing video games when I have a moment to sort of just like, just. D- decompress. So the video game aspect of this episode, uh, I'm jonesing to talk about because it's kind of been definitely what I've been turning to for some relief when I've been feeling like the burdens of fatherhood and feeling like I'm not enough because, because, uh, and I'll tell, I'm going to share her name officially on the podcast. I'm going to share it. Yes. Yes. So uh, up until this point, know. up until this point, originally we were calling my baby baby Shaf. We didn't know the gender. We thought it was going to be a boy. Turns out, uh, not turns out like she was born. We're like, oh, she's a girl. No, uh, <laughs> we knew after about like twenty weeks. Put her back. <laughs> we knew about twenty weeks. Uh, we had a gender reveal. Found out it was a girl. Super excited. I always thought it was going to be a girl. Um, my uh, my wife. I'm going to call her my wife. It's easier that way. Uh, my wife Sarah uh, thought that. Uh, she, that she was a he, so uh, she was surprised. But I was like, oh, I knew it, I knew it. But anyway, so that from that point on, it was baby Shafet. And now officially, mm-hmm. going forward, we can use her name, and her name is Emily Rose. Oh, cute! So not what Wonder Rob thought. She, I she is not Roberta uh, Zelda. Roberta Zelda. Zelda. <laughs> Roberta Zelda. <laughs> she would have been a looker. She would have been the best. I tell you what, she would have been the best looking Roberta I have ever seen. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No offense to any Robertas out there. (laughs) But yeah, so that's that's been my uh, my experience over the past month. She's officially a month and a few days old, and uh, so we've we've survived this much. So we're we're doing okay. We're doing okay. She had a scare with a rash. Um, that really kind of threw us off. Uh, but other than like the typical baby stuff that we're dealing with, I would say we got a good one. We got a good one. You got yourself a good one. Yeah. It gets easier, man. Eventually you'll sleep again. Just keep your eyes on the horizon. It's <laughs> <laughs> best, best advice I can say. Yeah, that's good advice. <laughs> It'll happen. Now I've, I've missed good, podcasting. Good for you. Thank you. I've missed podcasting. I've missed uh, shooting the shit with you, Wonder Rob. And I know that we've been keeping in touch on Voxer as we do, but what's been going on with you during this break as well? Oh my God. Well, we also had another baby. Oh shit. No. <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, uh, as you know, it's summer. That means my job is in full swing, Shaf. Not to bore the listeners with uh, my engineering job, but I have been busy as heck, but it's been paying off in dividends, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, last actual episode that we recorded, I said, I just started Last of Us 2. 
this episode, I can say I just finished Last of Us 2. You did? You finished it? I beat Last of Us 2, man. When did you beat it? Oh, shoot. Like a week ago? No, you didn't. You didn't even tell me. The night. Not to, Okay, this is going to sound interesting for the listeners because they don't have any context into Shafanai's personal lives. But the first night I cracked open Ghost of Tsushima was the night you noticed I was playing Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> and that was the night before is when I beat Last of Us Oh, uh, I should have known. That makes know, sense because you wouldn't even start Ghost of Tsushima until you beat Last of Us. I should have made that connection. That's right. The The code, the, the gaming that's code right. that I live by is that I'm not starting another video game on a particular platform unless I've beaten the game I'm playing before or I decide I don't like the game anymore and I'm just giving it up. I'm looking at you, Star Wars. Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order. Didn't like it. You should send that one to me because um, I think I might like it. All right, I'll give it to you. Deal. Um, so yeah, I beat Last of Us 2. I won't get into it here because uh, it's lots of spoilers. Lots of spoilers, but I really liked it. I really, really, really liked it. And of course, it took me a little, like a month, month and a week, month and two weeks to beat Last of Us 2. Unlike some people who plowed through the game in 16 hours. Yeah, those those uh, some people don't have kids or jobs. So <laughs> Yeah. But I like to play games like that anyway. I don't I don't really like to blow through games just in general, but this game would be a tough game to to blow through, man. The game is a misery simulator. <laughs> uh it's it's nuts, but what I really liked again, not to get too spoilery, uh, just in case anybody out there is still playing it, I might let one slip, so feel free to skip ahead just like, you know, a minute, two minutes. But I'm going to do my best not to spoil anything, but, I mean, the story... Here I go. Okay, I've set, I've warned you. <laughs> the story is from two perspectives. So you have Ellie from the first game shop, and then you got this another, this lady, Abby. Um, and essentially, they're they're both revenge stories. But the whole time you're playing as Ellie going against the the antagonist, Abby, and then you get halfway through the game, the game's climactic boiling point, and then the game says three days ago. And now you're playing as Abby, the person that was the antagonist and the or and now Abby's the protagonist and Ellie's the antagonist. What? Yeah. <laughs> and there's even a point where it's it's essentially trying to make you live like walk a mile through the the bad guy's shoes. That make that I and, like that idea because especially in like a post-apocalyptic scenario like that, you know, everyone's going to do right by themselves and you know, take matters into their own hands and and it's hard to really draw a line and say this person's good, this person's bad. Everybody's resorting to survival instincts. So that's yeah, tough. and the the whole thing, and then because when you're playing as Ellie, you you're only seeing everything from Ellie's point of view, and Abby is this bad person who did something terrible, and now I'm playing as <laughs> Ellie or Abby, Abby and Ellie. The names are too close <laughs> together, man. Uh, and now she's got this whole thing, and now I'm rooting for her. And the, I can see the point coming where they're going to cross paths. And I really am like on both of their sides. <laughs> and I don't know what's going to happen. And then it just it just explodes from there. A great game. I actually can't wait to play it again. 
but I want to give it a little bit of time. I want to cleanse my palate because it is definitely like an emotional taxing story to play. Um, I don't know if I like it better than the first Last of Us, but it's definitely like right there. I think I need one more playthrough on the new game plus shop, um, but it's it's a very well done. Can game. I ask you this? Uh, do you do you think act- does this game leave you with a point where there could be a part three? No, but well, I guess I take that back. Yes, but my mind didn't go into what's going to happen, what's part three, because that's not where my mind went after the first Last of Us. I didn't think there was going to be another Last of Us after the first one, because it's such a definitive story. And then this one really just picks off and goes in a direction that I wouldn't have expected having played the first one. Like if I just played the first one and then they handed me Last of Us 2 and said, oh, here it goes. Definitely wouldn't have been in the direction I thought. But I suppose they could do another one if they thought of a good story. Because it definitely is sort of open-ended. It's one of these ones where after the credits roll, it goes back to the title screen, but it's just a title screen. There's not a lot to see, but it gives you closure on one of the characters' stories. Interesting. And kind of an open ending, I guess, is the best way to, to say it. But I really liked it. I really, really liked cool. it. Cool. Well, congratulations on finishing that. That's awesome, again. dude. Well, thanks, buddy. <laughs> and then I also uh, I knuckled down something I said I wasn't going to do, Shaf. I said, you know what? I'm going to let somebody get me this for Christmas. I'm going to save up for it. I don't need this right now. But then I went to Best Buy. <laughs> and what did they have on the shelf, Shaf? Lots of things, because no one they goes to the, Best uh, Buy anymore. Well, I don't remember why we why we ended up going to Best Buy. We had a reason for going there, but it wasn't something... It's definitely the first time I've been into a Best Buy for a long time, but I don't remember why we the went The last time there. I went into a Best Buy... But that's, that's not the point. The last time point. I went into a Best Buy, like, they were so eager to help, because it was like they just saw like their first human in like many days they were like oh my god there are people out there what can i do for you where do you what do you what do you need do you need a computer do you, can i help you with your mobile device oh my uh, I, I, I love you oh my god what's going on <laughs> <laughs> and you haven't even stepped yeah, foot in the like, building i just need to like, like, oh, right. make a return <laughs> <laughs> No, they had their their Oculus Quest display. Well, Oculus, mm-hmm. Oculus Rift, Oculus Quest display. And they had all these boxes. And I was like, uh, I'll take this one, please. But turns out they were display boxes. They weren't actually oh, in sure. stock. Yeah, high theft on that, I bet. Yeah. And so they had to order it for me. And then they mailed it to my house. So long story short, I ordered myself an Oculus Quest shop. Mm. The, the all-in-one VR machine. Now all I need is a gaming PC so I can play what I really want to play, which is Half-Life Alex. But it has lots of games in the Oculus Store to check out, like Beat Saber, Shaf. Ever heard of Beat oh, Saber? Oh, yeah. I would it's... beat my Saber as often as possible if I had an Oculus Quest. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Writing that down. Um so Beat Saber is a music rhythm game uh, that my wife got addicted to. She's played it more than me. She's got a little, uh, she's got significantly a little saber envy. She's I not have. used to having a saber. so uh. <laughs> That's true. Um, she's. I think she's played the Oculus more than I have just in total, actually. Um, 
and there's a, a couple other games that come with a lot of demos. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really cool. YouTube VR, I've been spending a lot of time in. Because <laughs> essentially the YouTube VR, it's like you're chill, chilling out in a movie theater in the front row. And the YouTube thing is playing on the So you're watching screen. Jablinski games. I love it. In like a giant movie theater. Or you're watching, you're watching it's funny like that you say that. a Good Mythical Morning or some some. Yeah, watch Good Mythical Morning. There was a new Jablinski Games Today Ooh. shop. And as a matter of fact, I did save it for the VR. That's cool. um, it, it's very cool. And there's a lot of interactive programming, free programming uh, from National Geographic where I'm like on Mount Everest looking down at people scaling around me. There's a, there's a whole animation section with just like these little sh- animation shorts, you know, maybe five minutes, but you're in the cartoon and everything's happening around you. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff. There's a lot of uh, stuff to explore with the Oculus. I've only had it for less than a week, so I haven't like broken into it a whole lot. Mainly, I've been playing Beat Saber, but more, more uh, reviews, VR reviews to come, of course, with the, the Oculus. I have one VR. question for you. It's amazing. Yeah, I have one shop. question on the VR for you that I know you can answer right off the bat, even though you don't have a lot right. of games under your belt for the quest. So you've got, Not and yet. I've played the P uh, the PlayStation VR, and then you've got the Oculus quest. Mm-hmm. So you've had, you've experienced, and you currently own at least two versions of virtual reality. So of the two of them, is Oculus far superior in like how it presents virtual reality? I like it better because a, it's not wired. Uh, and the it uses camera uh, tracking on the headset itself with the controllers. So with the PSVR, like you experienced when you came over and played it, you're, the, the PlayStation camera, essentially you have to be within this box in front of the PlayStation camera for it to work. And if you step out of the box, you know, it doesn't really work. But I can strap on the headset if I'm in my office or if I'm downstairs in the living room. Essentially what it does is it... There's cameras on the headset itself, so I can see the room that I'm in. And it tells me to mark my play area. So, like, I just draw a big square on the ground or the shape Uh, of the room that I'm in. And then I can walk around freely. And when I'm approaching the borders of where I I said not to go, essentially just gives me a little warning. Like, hey, you're about to exit the play area. So I can move about freely. I was wondering about that because I was like, like, are you going to bump into your desk? Like, are you going to smack into a wall? Are you going to, you going to like swipe and like hit the TV right off the stand, you know? So, oh, there's one game that I played. I'm totally blanking on the name right now. I'm just looking it up. I got the Oculus app on my phone, you know, Um, but essentially it's like jacking into the matrix. (laughs) Like you get put into this white room uh, and the premise of the game. And again, I'm totally blanking on the name. Uh, but people are coming at you with guns or they're coming at you to punch you, but they only move when you move. So it's a very like, I've got to like be careful and very precise with my movements. So like bullets are flying at me and I'm dodging them like the matrix or they're throwing punches at me and I have to like throw stuff at them, throw ninja stars, grab guns. And it's essentially just scenario after scenario after scenario. And I absolutely did uh, make the mistake of playing it in my uh, recliner in my <laughs> office because you can set stationary boundaries. And I 
people were coming at me and I reached way off to the left to grab a ninja star off the shelf to throw at this guy and I absolutely 100% punched all my Funkos <laughs> off the shelf. Because <laughs> I did it so fast. I was like, give me that ninja star. Knocked everything over. <laughs> what would have been really so, yeah, crazy there, there's is there's a lot of fun had, to like, it. ninja stars on the wall like as a decor decoration, like in your office and you go and grab a ninja star and you actually grab like a physical ninja star that would throw, that would like blow your mind. That would be like void VR type shit. Why did I put these here? <laughs> Whatever reason it was smart, 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 smart. So yeah, it, it's definitely cool. Um, the main thing that I really want to do with it is play Half-Life Alex, but my uh, current gaming laptop that I have, I primarily just use for work, and I don't really want to split its uses, so I just need to buy another one. So keep keep well, an eye out, listeners. Eventually, I'll buy a new one. I know myself, then, uh, the fellow I'll listeners, of, they're uh, all going to say this. Best of luck on continued pool selling, because that's going to be your bread and butter to get that gaming. Oh, you straight up? Told them what I do. <laughs> All right, fine. It's in the oh, air. I thought I, I, I've never apologies. actually I said that said I sell pools. I, I can delete this. No, that's okay. okay. But here, I'll tell everybody now. I'm the lead artist and engineer for the second biggest pool company in Southern California, and I design and engineer swimming pools, and I make a nice commission when I He sell. also goes by the alias um, in the Matrix, the architect. Uh, he is uh, vis-a-vis, architect. concordantly, uh, the, the man. So, yeah, so uh, eventually, eventually I'll knuckle down and get myself uh, a gaming PC. But there are, uh, you know, I do have a child <laughs> that I have to keep alive. You'll know about this soon enough, Shaf, that you, it's not just oh, one month. It's but 18 I would say years. Probably the <laughs> at least. Keeping alive part is harder in my stage than it is in your stage, right? Like, because they're more aware. It's not so much enter- in the like, feeding. They can be entertained by other things besides like being held like link is off running and doing his own shit. Right. But like Emily has got to be held at all times. So, and, and we co-sleep with her. So I'd say it's easier. And so there's a concern (laughs) that like, she's going to like roll onto her side and get like a a sheet over her head. And then suddenly we're going to roll on top of her. And then she, you know, yeah, she doesn't, she can't take the bassinet, huh? No. For sleeping. She calls it the Asinet. That's too bad. She'll get there. The Asinet. <laughs> no, I pretty much vetoed Link sleeping in the bed with us all the time for those for those same concerns. Yeah. And so yeah, he has so far so good. I mean, she sleeps the best when she uh, sleeps between us. So, um, but yeah, I'm constantly on guard. And that's probably why I don't sleep too well is because I'm like aware, like I'm constantly waking up to check and see where the blanket is and how she's laying and how close she is to Sarah. So we'll see. Anyways, we we need to we need yeah. to kick it off. We need to go into the actual episode content. It's true. We're 25 minutes in. No geek content discussed. <laughs> A new record, everybody. But hey, we were playing catch that's up, true. everybody. We've been gone for four weeks. Cut us a break. All right, so who's ready for some geek news? Geek news! Nude news. Nude news. All right, Shaf, you may have forgotten, so I'll remind you, as is tradition on Geek, so to speak, whoever's hosting this particular episode, me, 
gives the first geek news story to the co-host, which is you. So what do you got for us okay, today, so pal? So one thing that I've been doing a lot of is streaming content during this paternity leave. Uh, lots of time to get caught up on shows, lots of time to watch movies and whatnot, and certainly one streaming uh-huh. service that I have not shied away from uh, is Disney+. Plus. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Disney+. Plus. And... What well, are you watching on there? The the like less than twelve hours before Emily was born, we were watching Hamilton because it had just debuted, and oh, then we watched right. it again after she was that's born. Right. But like, um, if it's not that, like the X Men animated series, I love watching that. Um, I've referred my uh, little nephew is like addicted to Hulk these days. Um, oh yeah, you so told I me. Encouraged my uh, my brother and his wife to to queue up Superhero Squad. For them to watch uh, Hulk on there, because mm-hmm. uh, uh, my my uh, sister in law was kind of like she's like every time I see Hulk like on screen in comics or or like in cartoons he's just violent like I so, uh, my uh, nephew loves uh, loves Hulk but they don't want to like inspire violence in this kid so they don't want to show him so Avengers I like, Hulk I was like well Avengers Avengers <laughs> Endgame Hulk is a different, he's like professor Hulk. So like, if you want like a smart Hulk who, who is still strong, but also has a brain, uh, that he uses, then I would say that's a good movie to watch for like a live action Hulk or quote unquote live action. Yeah. I don't even think he throws a punch in Avengers Endgame. Yeah. I mean, he's amongst the, in that big battle at the end, like he's there like doing stuff, but he's hardly focused. Running yeah. around with this arm in exactly. a sling. Um, <laughs> I was like, there's that. And then also the superhero squad is is so cartoony and so like corny and fun uh, that even if he's violent, like it's not the kind of violence that would be like inspiring violence. Like it's not a gratuitous violence type situation. Yeah. So, so, oh, uh, sure. but he's loving Hulk. He does his own little Hulk impression when he's watching. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. Nice. Um, Disney plus. So one thing that a lot of uh, a lot of um, Disney fans have been clamoring for is they want to finally watch Disney's Mulan, the live action Mulan movie. It's been getting pushback, pushback, pushback. Mm-hmm. Coronavirus is like, no, you're not going to watch Mulan. I don't give a shit. You're not going to watch this movie. <laughs> you ain't watching <laughs> the shit. Coronavirus is absolutely against Mulan, big time. So uh, poor Mulan has to keep moving its <laughs> release date uh, t- further and further into the future. Disney and Disney Plus, they're like, well, we got this streaming service. What are we going to do? People want to see this movie. We don't want to keep it indefinitely on hold. So they have decided, they announced just yesterday, that Mulan is going to be available on Disney Plus. And those who are subscribers will have permanent access for as long as they are subscribed to Disney Plus. But they will have to spend... A solid $29.99 out of their own pockets in order Mm -hmm. to rent the movie. It is a permanent rental, uh, but um, I will say this, and I think I might be on one side of the coin, and I think Wonder Rob might be on the other, but (laughs) I will say that... Permanent rental just made me laugh. I don't know why that that phrase made me laugh. (laughs) Well, it's actually a semi-permanent rental because (laughs) you don't just have it. Yeah, because yeah. you have to have your Disney Plus. <laughs> um, I yeah. think that thirty dollars is a bit steep for this 
I'm not saying for Mulan, just for any like movie that should be going into the theaters. And the reason why I say that is because I look at it from the standpoint of myself, not from like the average family unit of a mom, a dad and two to three children that want to go see a movie because for them, it's a great deal. It's an amazing deal. But for myself, if I want to go watch this movie and maybe I'm the only one in the house who gives an any kind of shit about watching a uh, live action Mulan, nothing against Mulan. It's not a very, it's not a favorite Disney movie in general by anyone. So the live action Mulan, oh, is, you know, man. whatever. But, You're going to make some people hey, mad. I'm just stating a fact of all the Disney movies, the Mulan movie. Where's, where's the Mulan ride at Disneyland? Oh yeah, there's not one. Why? Because the movie sucks. Okay, thank you. Why Why is there no Pocahontas <laughs> ride at Disneyland? Oh, I'll tell you why. Because the movie sucks. That's why. So that's what I have to say about that. If, if Mulan was a good cartoon movie, then there would be a ride for it. But there's not. So, okay, that's fair. That's, a, that's the way. That's, that's the, the benchmark, benchmark yeah. from now on. Is, there a, is it a Disney ride? <laughs> And, well, and as care. far as all of those people talking about Splash Mountain right now and saying Song of the South is not even on Disney Plus, I'm aware of this and they're changing it. They're changing it. It's going to be yeah, Princess and the Frog. It's going to be uh, uh, the Bayou inspired. Uh, Wolverine is uh, Gambit. I don't know. <laughs> the Wolverine uh, Gambit. I like thank your you, uh, Creole, <laughs> <laughs> the words you choose. <laughs> Those are your starter words, like with your I Michael have to say, impression. I have to start with Gambit saying Wolverine. There's no way around. <laughs> hey, Wolverine. Wolverine. <laughs> I can't even do it. Um, but yeah, so 30 bucks. 30 bucks to rent Mulan. What do you think, Wonder Rob? Is that is that worth it for you, sir? I mean... I'm not particularly interested in Mulan. Now, to be fair, I've never seen Mulan. I have a passing knowledge uh, of the movie and the song. I'll make a man out of you. But uh, be a man. Peace standing up at the toilet. Wait, wait. If that's, what, if that's what it takes to be a man, then I am not a man. <laughs> I'm oh, a, no. I'm a <laughs> I want to take, I want to enjoy the wow. experience because guess, guess what? It, number one leads to number two almost every time. <laughs> wow. Okay. Moving on, everybody. We're getting some deep facts <laughs> on shop today. Um, back to your original question. I 30 bucks doesn't bother me because here's, here's my reason why. If it was a movie that I was particularly interested in, like let's say Black Widow, and they were going to charge me thirty bucks to buy it, I wouldn't probably wouldn't even blink. I'd be like, okay, let's watch Black Widow, let's do it. So to me, the thirty bucks doesn't necessarily bother me if it's something that I'm genuinely interested in watching. Um, that being said, of course, I don't work for Disney. I have no stake in Mulan whatsoever. But I know that this movie probably cost a budget of like, if I remember what I read correctly, like $200 million. There's no way they're making their budget back. There's no way they're breaking even. 
because this is not what they anticipated for the movie. So, I mean, I can, I can also appreciate that they're trying to make a little money <laughs> on this movie that they lost at least $100 million on, probably. So, the, the 30 bucks again, while it may be steep, and obviously, depending on, you know, a particular family's financial situation, whether it's doable or not, is one thing, but trying to make your money back. So, like, to... I guess the long long answer is what I just said. The short answer is if it's if it's something that I'm genuinely interested in watching that like like I'm hyped for like this or like Bill and Ted coming out soon, I probably would be like okay. But again, that's just my personal that's fair. That's fair. Now I will something. say if you don't mind me taking the next bit of news related to this, do so, it. Do it. <clears throat> um, there is a term to describe what's going on with Mulan. It is, in fact, a pandemic Mm -hmm. anomaly that Disney is not planning Mm -hmm. this type of a release going forward for other movies. So, like, Black Widow is not getting the same treatment. They are sticking to their guns. Black Widow will be released in theaters. It will not be released in Disney+. Plus. But I'll tell you what, never say fucking never. Uh, it's probably still going to happen because, um, guess what? Coronavirus just ain't just disappearing overnight. So it's going to be around for a little bit longer. So there's no plans for it to be released on Disney plus. So all those people that have been waiting patiently, at least right now, don't get your hopes up on black widow. Now, as far as new mutants, maybe there's still those, those theories out there that in September new mutants is going to debut on Disney plus there's rumors. We're not going to say for sure that's going to happen, but that's what I got to say about that. So for anybody waiting for, for black widow, my apologies right now. And this, you know what? It hurts me. And I know it hurts wonder Rob. We are so used to having at least two Marvel movies to enjoy every year. It has been a serious drought for Marvel been a serious drought it's been it's been a serious drought um i'm not counting or excuse me i'm not holding my breath for new mutants being put on disney plus as as a matter of fact i if i recall correctly the whole reason it hasn't been released on streaming at least so far is that because the deal that they struck buying Fox that any movies they had in their pipeline had to be released in theaters. And I, if I, again, I remember correctly, I might be incorrect on this corrections department, get your pen ready, get your (laughs) Google fingers ready that the, the streaming rights for new mutants is actually going to go to HBO. Now, whether or not they skip the theaters and just do it based on the world situation is one thing, but I don't think we'll see it on Disney plus, but either way, I don't really want to watch the movie in any (laughs) capacity. So, but I will for you guys, but I will for you. All right. Well, that's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're going to watch it because that we have to, but, uh, cause we we have have to, to. but we have to. 
by these rules we made for ourselves <laughs> that we have to, that we, nobody's we holding watch, us accountable for except for we watch ourselves. Things, so you potentially don't have to. But after we watch them and we talk about them, you're probably oh, more man. inclined to watch them because you want to see the kind of train wreck that we just subjected ourselves to. So that being said, Wonder Rob, there is plenty more news to talk about. What do you got? Yes, yes, yes. So, um, Let's follow up on some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shaf, because as you know, Shaf, and I know, and the loyal listeners know, our friendship was sparked on the very notion that we both love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on a cool. deep, Cowabunga. profound level. So, the simple fact. Cowabunghole. So, the, the simple fact that they are rebooting Ninja Turtles again... So some people might be like, Ugh, they're doing it again. But for me, and probably Shaf, they're like, yes, they're doing it again. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we reported on this uh, way back when that there is an Ninja Turtles reboot in the making with Seth Rogen at the helm. Uh, that was announced in June. Uh, it's going to be a CG animated reboot. Uh, but in a, a recent interview with Collider, uh, Seth Rogen opened up on the project revealing... Uh, that their TMNT reboot is going to lean more towards a coming-of-age story that was left out of the previous adaptations. They're they're really going to be leaning more into the teenage uh, okay. Mutant Ninja Turtles aspect of so this. So a lot of turtle acne. Um, okay. Yeah, turtle acne. Do you, pull up the story for me, Shaf, because I would read the quote from <laughs> Seth Rogen, but... I can't do the Seth Rogen impression. Yeah, I could read the quote, but I know the listeners would much rather hear a Seth Rogen impression (laughs) with the quote. (laughs) I will add some uh, laughter as Seth Rogen where where it feels most (sighs) organic. Okay, so here we go. Okay. As a lifelong fan of Ninja Turtles, uh, weirdly, the teenage part <laughs> of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was uh, <clears throat> always the part that like uh, stuck out to me the most. <laughs> uh, and as someone who loves teenage movies uh, and has made a lot of teenage movies <laughs> and who literally got their start in the entire professional by writing a teenage movie, <laughs> uh, the idea of kind of honing in on that element was really exciting to us. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Not disregarding the rest, but really using that as kind of a jumping off point for the film. <laughs> All right. Thank You're you, welcome. Seth. <laughs> big uh, big uh, round of applause for Seth joining us on this episode of Geek, so to speak. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, um, they're going to be leaning into the, the teenage aspect of, of the movies. And now, if you think about stuff that uh, Seth Rogen has done in the past, like Superbad, um, Freaks and Geeks, I mean, this guy really has his finger on the pulse of teenagehood, or at least being able to write it. It reminds me of Spider-Man Homecoming, where they also really emphasized the fact that Peter Parker is a teenager in True. high school still. And so that, that aspect... Obviously, the turtles aren't going to be in high school, although that would be interesting. Really, sort of, uh, it does the opposite of grind my gears. It uh, it it uh, tickles my gears. So this uh, this new story, you know, even though yeah, it's another adaptation, and yeah, it's going to be CG. Even though I would much prefer they do a live action. 
I, I feel like it's in good oh, hands. I'm what do you board. think? Sean? You know, what sucks is about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Maybe this doesn't suck, but it's not the greatest is I'll watch it regardless. <laughs> Like if it's TM, that's true. If it's we TMNT, will watch it regardless. You, you've already got me on board. Like it could be the most hopeless crap, but I will watch it because I have such a loyalty to the turtles. We, I mean, we watched Rise of the Ninja Turtles. We watched that um, and we reviewed it. Um, the original, the CG uh, Ninja Turtles movie TMNT. We we've we've talked about that. We've talked about maybe even rewatching it. Yeah. Um, we've watched the Next Mutation, uh, which was geek TV torture. I mean, it doesn't matter how torturous. We was... love the Ninja Turtles, and we will talk about it. I represent Mikey. Wonder Rob represents Donnie. The two of us are bona fide Turtles fanatics. And um, I even have a Turtles in Time figure on the way and Wonder Rob currently displaying Turtles in Time figures in his office. Yeah, I I spent way too much money on these (laughs) Turtles in Time figures. (laughs) Oh, man. And uh, a testament to how much we love Ninja Turtles over the the. The four-week break, I didn't tell you this, Shaf, because I didn't. it never occurred to me to tell you. But I also, despite the fact that it's terrible, did watch uh, the entirety of the Coming Out of Our Shells tour. The Ninja Turtles Coming Out of Their Shells tour <laughs> over the did break. Did you see, by the way. <laughs> where there's only one good power. song. Pizza Power. But they got the world's yes. cheesiest actor for Shredder. Uh, there's this... Uh, uh, theater group that uh, okay, you and is I this are what you were talking about with uh, hailing from Arizona. Yes, all puppet players. Yeah, all puppet players. Uh, a theater troupe out of uh, the, the Scottsdale, Phoenix, Chandler, Mesa area um, did an interview with the actor who played uh, Shredder <laughs> in that musical, and then they also did a watch along. <laughs> and I watched along with it, and I'm like, this is so bad, but I watched the whole thing. <laughs> terrible but i remember eating it up with oh, a yeah. spoon when i was a Wonder kid Rob and i both went to go see this but the concert. turtles are wearing sneakers yeah yeah you went and saw it i never even went and saw it but the turtles are wearing sneakers for some reason uh they don't have shells i guess that's why they're calling it coming out of our shells they're just wearing leather or not leather denim vests <laughs> in lieu of, of shells uh so yeah, we're we're Turtles fans uh, to the bone, and uh, we will both be uh, there when this movie opens up. Heck yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to it. All right, what else? Well, what else is going on, Shaw? Uh, you know, Turtles brings us a lot of happiness and a lot of joy. But I know one thing, yeah. one bit of that news that's going to bring a lot of people a lot of happiness and a lot of joy, and that's that happy, happy, joy, joy. Red and Stimpy show has been revived at Comedy Central. Now, oh my goodness, Ren I and preface, Stimpy. You know, I'm sharing this article, but the truth is, I don't like Ren and Stimpy and never have. <laughs> hot take, hot take. What? I think Ren and Stimpy is awful, but there are a lot of people who love Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> and to them, I say, good for you. Uh, <laughs> I find it to be doesn't so, like here, Ren let me, let me and Stimpy. Here. So Ren and Stimpy, in my opinion, was the beginning of when animation started to move towards this idea of crudely drawn characters 
that like have grotesque moments like Ren and Stimpy when like they have like their weird, like wrinkly faces that like they are doing stuff. It reminds me a lot of how like SpongeBob started to do that. And then, um, you've seen where it would, uh, cut to like exactly, a super detailed exactly. close up of like red yes. or Stimpy and they got boogers out their nose and pimples and flies <laughs> on you. their face and so stuff like that. that. Would, like that kind of that styling yeah. of, of cartoon, started to become the the standard. Like they really did introduce it and it really did kind of take off from there, but it was never a, a, an animation style or a cartoon style that I enjoyed. I always thought it was too crude. It was never like something I enjoyed watching. It kind of made me uncomfortable. So, um, it never really took off for me, but after 25 years of being off the air, Ren and Stimpy is coming back to TV. And I know a lot of people are going to be super duper excited. This used to be a Nickelodeon show. It was a spike animated adult series. And now it's coming to comedy central. What do you think about this one, Rob? <laughs> I'm interested in seeing the adaptation of it. Um, I feel like they brought this back once before for MTV, if I'm not mistaken. Again, corrections department, get your Googling fingers on this. This was a, a while ago. Um, but I, I'm interested in seeing how they move forward with this, especially since it's I, Billy West, the guy who was uh, voicing Ren and Stimpy. I believe we even reported that there were some allegations against him uh, for uh, Me Too, Uh-oh. Me Too allegations against him. So I don't think Billy he's West, really involved in the show. I think that the, <laughs> that yeah, <laughs> you idiot. Um, so I think they're taking the IP and essentially just running with it. Um, but I mean, I had the Ren and Stimpy, uh, it's funny that you say you idiot because I had the Ren and Stimpy tape when I was a kid, it was all Ren and Stimpy songs. And you know, I played happy, happy, joy, joy over and over again. I think I ruined the tape actually. Uh, happy, happy, joy, joy is the kind of song that will get stuck in your head. Uh, absolutely. Um, Man, it's been a while since I've heard Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy. (laughs) Um, So I'm interested in seeing what they do. But going into the story, something that sort of flew under the radar, at least for me, in the same article, it says, along with Ren and Stimpy being picked up by Comedy Central for a reboot, uh, Beavis and Butthead was also picked up by Comedy Central. uh, With Mike Judge at the helm. To make more episodes of Beavis and Butthead. Now, they definitely rebooted, or not rebooted, but renewed and made new seasons of Beavis and Butthead not too long ago. And I remember thinking those updated shows were very funny. <laughs> I mean, of course, it's Beavis and Butthead. There's not a lot to it. But the the fact that they're bringing it back with Mike Judge again and letting him do it. So I'm interested. I'm actually a little more interested in... Beavis and Butthead upon further examination, but Ren and Stimpy, I'll probably give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. But I remember when Ren and Stimpy first happened, man, it came out with Doug, oh, yeah. came out with Rugrats, like Saturday Morning <laughs> Nick. That was it when I was a kid, man. And then Saturday Night Nick, Snick. Yeah. Uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, Clarissa all Explains It All. Uh, salute your shorts. Uh, uh, Double Dare. Maybe I might be forgetting. Anyway, 
I, I've got a fond place in my heart for these Nick shows, the Nick tunes especially. So I'll probably no at the idea. very least give it a shot. Well, despite I no you hating Stimpy it, was a was a cat. Stippy doesn't look like a cat. Give me a break. <laughs> well, does Ren look like a Chihuahua? No, he looks he like looks a mosquito. More like a Chihuahua than Stimpy looks like a cat. That's some craziness right there. He temperamental Chihuahua. <laughs> 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 you you oh, hey, Red, All right, let's uh let's move on. Let's move on, Shops. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk some video games. Now, uh Shoff, you do in fact own an Xbox One. No despite I not don't actually. Playing I sold it. that shit. And you do Yeah. Oh, you sold it! I sold it as scraps. Oh, I remember I that. Okay, well then let me and I, I and I and I was honest. I was like this thing doesn't work. I was like, if you want it to work, you're going to have to buy a power brick. And they're all third. Like I was so honest. I was like, they're all third party. They will melt. <laughs> I was like, just, I want you to know what you're getting yourself into. If you buy this, like this is what's going to happen. And they bought it anyway. So good on them. Hey, good on them. Good on them for buying it. Well, okay. Well then I was going to say, uh, you used to own an Xbox. Uh, you definitely didn't play your Xbox when it was there, even when the power brick worked. Uh, you've been more of a PlayStation 5 guy once uh, you heard about the Spider-Man game. Or excuse me, PlayStation 4, excuse me, when you heard the Spider-Man game. Well, let me tell you this, Shaf, a game that you and I are both moderately excited for coming out uh, later this year, Marvel's Avengers by Square Enix. Um there's been a little bit of news that there is some exclusive content coming to this uh, Avengers game shop, and it's your friendly Ooh. neighborhood Spider-Man. That's right. He's going to be uh, exclusive to the PlayStation version in a post-launch DLC pack for the PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5 uh, in early 2021. Uh, Crystal Dynamics, the uh, the developer, said, When Spider-Man comes to our stable of heroes, we'll be making his debut as an in-game event that will introduce him to the wider world of Marvel's Avengers. The event is compromised of a series of unique challenges for the hero to take on, testing his abilities, and yielding some exciting results. We cannot wait for you to add Spider-Man to your Marvel Avengers roster in early 21. 2021, that is. As we promised before, he will be available at no additional cost to owners of the base game exclusively on PlayStation. What do I you say think of that, to Sean? the Xbox Series X owners, fuck you. <laughs> Some people, wow. Woo. Line in the sand. I'm not that fridge. Sorry, that Xbox fridge owners. for other people. Uh, I'm, I'm getting the router. <laughs> I'm getting the router. I'm going to get the fridge and the router. <laughs> the only game I can say that I'm moderately interested in playing on Xbox right now is Halo. True. Uh, I mean, Infinite. Halo is a... Uh, yeah. Open world concept. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We've talked about that already uh, in a previous episode. So I'm not particularly upset about this, obviously, because I'll probably get the PlayStation version simply based on this. I probably would have got the PlayStation version anyway. Um, there was a beta of Marvel's Avengers this past weekend. Uh, of course, neither of <laughs> us got in it <laughs> because, well, we didn't. Uh, but there's a lot more information about the uh, the Marvel's Avengers beta online. I'm not going to go over it here, but if you're interested, look into it. I uh, was well aware of the beta, but I chose not to do it. Uh, 
really because I don't really want to play the game until it's done. So that's just me. I don't really want want to get into it if I can't play the whole thing. So no news on that. <laughs> um, but moving on in video game news, Shaf, something that I'm pretty sure you've never played, or at least you've never mentioned it, there was a, a surprise drop from Nintendo uh, for some information. A, uh, a, a much-beloved franchise on Nintendo, Pikmin, Pikmin 3 in particular, a port of uh, the Wii U game is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Pikmin 3 Deluxe, Shaw. Are you excited? Have you ever played Pikmin? Played Pikmin. You're absolutely right. Um, Pikmin was always, it it was never released on N64, right? Or was it? Okay. No, 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 no. Um, I'm going to look it up. While you're talking about it, I'm going to look up the history of Pikmin and go from there. Pikmin came out. um, You're right. GameCube. uh, It was the GameCube. That's what it was. It was the Nintendo GameCube. So it's a, it's a real-time strategy game uh, where you uh, crash land on this planet filled with uh, all sorts of weird creatures. And these Pikmin, these little red Pikmin, blue Pikmin, green Pikmin, uh, yellow Pikmin, white Pikmin, uh, orange Pikmin, uh, navy blue Pikmin, uh, robin's egg blue Pikmin, sky blue Pikmin, uh, royal blue Pikmin. <laughs> Some of those were fake, but essentially you you collect different color Pikmin and you know you're you're uh, you're attacking monsters, you're you're solving puzzles, you're you're going over the terrain. It's a it's a, a franchise a lot of people happen to like. Me, I've also never played it, but why would uh, two people who've never played Pikmin report on it? That's probably what you're asking yourself, listeners. Well, the uh, the answer is simple. There's not a lot happening <laughs> in the COVID world. <laughs> So, so that's why we're recording it reporting it um IGN however uh has played Pikmin 3 and in their review uh of Pikmin 3 when it came out originally on the Wii U they said it was a delight there's nothing else like it's a gentle combination of exploration strategy uh, discovery and made it feel both uh, empathy and responsibility for virtual creatures that most games would treat as disposable fodder so there you go, Shroff. If you're uh, if you're in a drop for video games and you're up all night because your baby won't stop crying, <laughs> I think we've got the solution. Pikmin three. End of story. End of story. <laughs> Next. Next song. Next, next song. <laughs> song. <laughs> well, actually, there yeah, is no yeah, next. Yeah. That's all of the news. For, for Geek News. Oh, is that it? There's plenty of That's other things. That's all the things. news. We'll, we'll, we'll put this all right. Over the past four weeks, there's been a hell of a lot of geek news. And we hope that you've been following, we hope, hope, hope you've been true. following Wonder Rob's uh, sharing of those geek news articles on Facebook, uh, as well as putting some really timely, very funny memes on Instagram. Uh, the dude, Wonder Rob, I just want to call out and say thank you for really holding things together while I've been spending this time with my newborn child. I appreciate it so much. Oh, it's a labor <laughs> of love, Shaf. So uh, it's a with labor that, of love. for those that maybe are just joining us for the first time and don't know about all the great social media stuff we've got going on, 
We've got a special promo. We're going to play it right now. Going to give you some information on where you can find us on social media so that you can like, you can follow, you can share, you can subscribe, you can do all the things. And we'll be right back with our first impressions of Paper Mario, the Origami King, and Ghost of Tsushima. We'll be right back. Hey gang, it's Wonder Rob again. And Shaf's here too. We just wanted to take a quick break to let you know where you can find us on social media. That's right. Catch us on Twitter at Geek So To Speak PC, where I'll be tweeting and retweeting all of the latest geek news. Also, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Geek So To Speak Podcast, where yours truly will be serving up those deliciously geeky posts, not to mention memes, trailers, articles, videos, and much, much more. While, of course, Shop celebrates his inner geek on Instagram with all kinds of geekgasm, oh, inducing pics and memes. <laughs> if you're enjoying what you're hearing, let us know. Find us and follow us, rate us and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. We got new episodes every week, so don't forget to tune in. Same geek time, same geek channel. And we're back. We are back. Thank you so yeah. much for sticking with us. Hopefully you have liked and followed us. So now you're going to get all the scoops in between episodes of everything going down in the geek world. Uh, we will keep you in the know. We, we, we love doing it and we appreciate all the feedback too, all the comments. So if you see an article you like, share it. If you uh, see an article that you like, comment on it. If you see an article you like, like it <laughs> at the very least. Yeah, like like the stuff. I, I shared the Pikmin article on uh, Geek, so to speak, and somebody commented, Pikmin is a ripoff <laughs> of Pokemon. <laughs> and I said, how so? And they're two different things. And he's like, well, the names are similar. <laughs> now, listen, I don't make fun of everybody who posts on the Geek, so to speak, page. We're we're a, a tight-knit family, and uh, the, the interaction is... Uh, much appreciated but this one guy i was like uh, i don't know I, I don't think i follow your logic so two games have been getting us through this covid scenario as well as getting me through paternity leave and that's uh two games that yeah. came out on the same exact day on different systems so yes, yes sir that's a little uh that's Paper right. Mario so uh, we're going to talk about both, but we're not going to talk, we're not going to get too spoilery, but we will talk to some degree about some spoilers. So if you haven't played the games yet, if you don't want to be spoiled on any elements of the gameplay, or if we share anything plot related, um, we apologize. So now's your, now's your moment. Yeah. Just press pause. Just come back. Go buy the games, play them, come back and listen to the rest of the podcast. Um, you've, you've been warned. So. Uh, the first game we want to talk about is Paper Mario, the Origami King. Now, this game came out exclusively on Nintendo Switch. And uh, I, I believe that mm -hmm. of the two of us, between one Rob and myself, I think I've played it more only because I've had more free time. I've had more free time. Yeah, you definitely uh, I wouldn't have. call it free, free time, but I've had more free time because I'm I'm currently on paternity leave and will be. For the <laughs> yeah, next that's few true. Weeks. So, um, but this game is the first of the paper Mario games to appear on the Nintendo switch. And I got to say me personally, just straight out of the gate. I think this game is super duper fucking fun. 
Oh, oh man, I did. Based on your tone of voice, right? I you, wasn't sure what you were gonna say there. Cause you've been kind of mum about it. I mean, you've been telling me you've been playing it, but you haven't really gone deep into I, I what you thought the, of the it. The concept so is really, really right. fun. The way that they've tur- sort of taken paper and then taking it to the next stage of of including this origami concept uh, is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get into sort of the gameplay mechanics. One thing that I know a lot of people are a little bit bothered about is the battle mode. And we'll talk about that. Um, but just first impression straight out of the gate. Wonder Rob has played it. I've played it. Wonder Rob, what do you think of this game just overall based on the amount of time you spent? Well, I probably played a little less than you. I only just got to the first boss. Um, and by to the first boss, I mean, I can see the first boss on the hill way up there. I just gotta I get see. up. There. Okay, so you're you're like approaching <laughs> the lighthouse, um, right? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I personally, outside of the original Paper Mario, don't have a lot of Paper Mario experience, and I don't even really remember the original Paper Mario all that well. Uh, definitely didn't finish it. Um, so I was just sort of keeping an open mind in this. I know you know, uh, like the the. Pr- Paper Mario that I played, I have a passing knowledge of the other Paper Mario games in terms of how their gameplay mechanics work, and even the Mario and Luigi games on the Game Boy, 3DS, and so on. I played a little more of those. Um, so going into it, I, I had an idea of what I was going to get into, you know, uh, a quote RPG, even though I wouldn't really call it an RPG. Um, but the I don't hate it. But there are definitely certain aspects of the game I like more <laughs> than others. Um, I like that they give not so much Mario because Mario's not doing a whole lot of talking, but the the additional characters like Luigi, yeah, he he does a couple of those. Uh, but you know his brother Luigi and and Bowser and and Goombas and Koopa Troopas. All right, folks, Shuff's computer crashed. <laughs> Starting again. Um, they, they, the game gives a lot of character to the NPCs, which I do like. And I like that it's, I don't want to call it an open world game, but you do get the, the freedom to explore your environments, hidden secrets here, there. Um, and obviously the, the art style is really cute. Like, it's, it's paper. Everything's paper, you guys. That's why they call it Paper Mario. So that aspect of the game I like. I'm n- at least so far, Shaf, the game is just being bogged down for me with the battle system. That And not to say it's terrible, but a, at least into the portion of the game that I'm in right now, it's, it's pretty repetitive. Uh, I mean, I'm fighting two types of enemies. I'm either fighting Shy Guys or Goombas. They're either in a line... Or they're they're squared together. Well, let's talk about the battle system because maybe if people haven't played it, they might not understand what I'm talking about. So, like a, a role playing game, you'll know you'll have quote random encounters with bad guys. So a Goomba sees you, a shy guy sees you, and you can either attack them first or they'll attack you first. But either way, once you initiate an attack or they initiate an attack, you're transported into a battle arena where you're doing a, a turn based fighting system. You know, just like any other role-playing game, or most any other role-playing game. But, at least so far in the game, I'm given a very limited amount of choices in the battles. 
I'm either lining up Goombas in a row and jumping on them, or I'm putting them in a, a, a huddle of two by two and I'm hitting them with a hammer. It's so, and yeah, you do have power-ups, like you can get a flower, you can get, you know, uh, metal boots, this, that, and the other, which does change up the battle system, but at, at least so far, Shaf, it's been pretty repetitive and I just haven't, it's more like, oh, I gotta, I gotta fight these guys versus I hit a point in the game where, you know, there there's a shrine, the Koopa Troopas have a shrine that they like to worship at, and there's, there's five diamonds missing, and I have to go find the diamonds, and so I, I'm walking around saving uh, toads that are folded up in the walls, and I'm exploring the area, and I'm having fun. And then uh, a shy guy jumps out of a tree, and I'm like, oh, man, I gotta fight these shy guys. Okay, and then I just did it, and then another one falls down in the tree. I'm like, I gotta do this exact same thing again. So, like, the, the, the battle system so far is boring to me, but I really like... Everything outside of the battle system. I think you make a br- you make you make a brilliant point, and it's honestly it's very true. But that's also the main criticism of any Paper Mario game because the previous ones before it were far more RPG turn based combat, which is it is what this is, but it's under like a different premise. Yeah, you don't have to rearrange the order of enemies in order to make like maximize your damage. This is something new for this game, and I think they try to think. I think they tried to go for something that would be interesting and make it more of a puzzle so that it was more than just, I'm going to press this button to jump on this people. I have to first line them up in a unique way. So like you'll get a bonus or a battle damage bonus. If you get them lined up versus having to take all these turns back and forth. I will say this though, the game's difficulty on these battles is so low that you don't even have to line them up. Yeah. To take them down. Like there, the strategy element of it really doesn't apply until you get into the boss levels. And then it actually matters. Then you've got mm-hmm. to really like be mindful of your HP and, uh, and, and just, you know, take the, take the necessary strikes when you can and organize things the way you want to. Otherwise it doesn't matter at all. Like it's a little bit bothersome. And I will say that that was the one gripe I had of any paper Mario game was all the moments that it would take me out of the narrative and jump me into a battle. I would try to avoid enemies at all costs. I would try to jump around them. I would run, run away from them, anything to avoid getting into combat because it would just take me out of the fun. So my favorite parts about this game are not battle. The battle doesn't, it doesn't like (laughs) irk me too much because I expect it of any Paper Mario game. I kind of just like, this is how it goes. And this game has its own unique way. But for me, like, I just enjoy the dialogue. I think they have really funny banter. Uh, the toads, the like, the, your interactions with the toads is really unique. Like, I've never seen a Mario game that has so much emphasis on saving toads. <laughs> the toads are funny. There was one that I saved out of a tree and he had to go back to working at his uh, his toad shop. And he's like, all right, back to minimum wage for 18 hours a day. <laughs> and he just ran back to his shop. The writing is funny. Up. Yeah, some of them are flying around like bugs. Some of them are like crawling around on the ground. Some of them are stuck inside holes. Like uh, the confetti element. So there's this whole confetti mechanic to the game where there's a bunch of holes throughout the world that you encounter. And you have to fill in those holes with 
with the paper that you find. And the paper, um, is just like a bunch of like confetti pieces. And so you have to like basically throw them into the holes to fill in the gaps. Yeah. The world is made of paper just in case anybody's not aware of this. (laughs) It's paper Mario. Everything's made of paper. (laughs) The completionist part of me is like looking for these holes, like nobody's business. Like I enjoy trying to make sure that all the holes get filled. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say you took, I don't think you realized what you said the first time, but you picked it up (laughs) for the coming around. So excellent job, Sean. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have played more than than Wonder Rob, so I I can safely say I have moved from one location to another. uh, And I think I'm in like what's called Autumn autumn mountain or something like that Mm -hmm. and uh i'm about to go against the like what would be like the mini boss of this particular quote-unquote level which is another so let me go back a second one unique feature of this game is you get the ability to control the power of a thousand folded arm oh yes that's right hands or whatever Mm -hmm. so it sort of uses the the 3d element of the Nintendo switch. And you have to use your dynamic controls of the joy cons to maneuver this special power up that allows you to use these folding hands, uh, to uncover secrets in the walls. And as you move along through the game, you encounter as wonder Rob was talking about, uh, there's this temple occupied by Koopa, uh, Koopa troopas. And if you, find all of those things. Then you get to go into the temple and inside this temple, you end up facing off against the earth valumental. And I don't know what they're, what a play on words that is. I don't quite understand it, but this valumental uh, concept is a mini boss thing. That's going to occur multiple times throughout the game. And if you beat this boss, you get a special ability. Uh, and then you move on to be able to fight facing off against each actual boss and not to spoil the game for wonder Rob or anybody. It's no, okay. It's all right. We already but told the, everybody we were spoiling it. Yeah. The boss, the bosses are really interesting because they're based off of office supplies. Oh boy. <laughs> so like a stapler. The first, yeah. The first boss that you, you face off against is, is in this lighthouse and it is, um, it is a carrying case with a bunch of colored pencils in it. And the colored pencils sort of act as like the teeth inside the case as if the case would like open and close type thing. Mm -hmm. And you face off against this thing and you have to, the, the, the uh, pencils also act as missiles uh, against you. And it's, it's clever how they make the boss battle within that combat scenario. So boss battles aside, that's the only time that the, the mechanics of the battle mode are interesting and like challenging because you have to really line up all of the rows of the rings of the circle that make up this battle mode. So wonder Rob, I'm not sure if you're there yet, but if you do that may that may give you sort of a renewed appreciation for what they were trying to accomplish. Yeah. I mean, I'm giving the game the benefit of the doubt at this point because I know I'm still early on into the game and maybe just maybe the the battle mode will become a little more interesting with varied enemies, varied skills that I learned. But so far, it's kind of boring, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. 
when I get these this, mini if bosses. You're, if you're a fan of, of Mario games, if you're a fan of comedy, if you're a fan of visually interesting games that, um, that happen, and if you're a fan of Nintendo, then you will like this game. It is a fun game, and it's definitely worth your time, in my opinion. I'm enjoying it, um, and I find it to be the kind of game you can pick up and play at any, any moment. The game, even though it has save points, you can go back to exactly where you left off because that's how the switch is. And it's a really nice feature. And, um, I would say my personal opinion is it's a winner. It's a winner. Chicken dinner. All right. All right. That's fair. Well, let's, uh, let's just leave it at that since we're both, again, these are first impressions, you guys, not reviews. So let's, uh, let's talk about ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima. It's a fun name to say. Heck yeah. And I like to be the dishonorable samurai, <laughs> personally. Ghost of Tsushima is a game that uh, Shaf and I were both very much looking forward to. Uh, very, very much. Uh, Red Dead Redemption set in uh, a samurai uh, feudal Japan. That's right. Late ter- late 13th century. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so this game came out, of course, just like we said, at the same time as Paper Mario. Uh, PlayStation exclusive, uh, made by Sucker Punch Games, Shoff. And it's uh, the fastest selling IP, uh, new IP, on PlayStation 4. This game is doing gangbusters, Shoff. Now, I know that you uh, are further into the game than me on this, also. <laughs> Shaf, uh, when he discovered I was playing this game, sent me a barrage of screenshots <laughs> uh, of the game because the game is beautiful. It's a good looking game. Uh, and he sent me a screenshot of the main character's butt. There's a point in the game where his butt is out. I haven't gotten to that point yet. <laughs> so I don't know what that is. He's laughing. He's laughing over there. I was waiting for you to chime in about the butt, but you had nothing uh, I'll, to I'll say tell for you. yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to know, I'll share it. So That's, we're spoiling. You can spoil anything you've done up to this, this point all right, so in this, the game. This surprised me about the game too. I did not expect the main character's butt to be so prominently featured in a game such as this, an open world stealth samurai game. So there are hot springs scattered throughout Tsushima Island. And if you visit these hot springs, it cues up uh, a cinematic where your character drops trow and then goes and chills and hangs out inside the hot springs. And during that moment, cues off a like a almost like a dialogue tree scenario where you can choose one of two things. And it basically gives you a moment to reflect on something. But here's the thing that really bugs me is that you never really get too deep with your reflections. It's, it's always like uh, you could either think about and reflect on your uncle or you could reflect on your dad. And when you choose, like, no matter what you choose, he's like, he says the obvious stuff. He's like, like if, if this were the main character's real, real visit to like a therapy appointment, the therapist would be like, I'm going to need you to dig a little deeper than that because he's in the hot spring reflecting on his uncle and he's like, my uncle taught me the way of the samurai and now he's captured 
and now I need to go save him. And that's that. Like, it's not like I'm going to go deep and give you something that the story hasn't already provided. It's just very surface level. My uncle has a ponytail and he occasionally wears sandals. All right, that's it. That's my time spent in the uh, hot spot. That was a good reflection. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put my so pants much, back up. I feel so much better. I'm going to get dressed. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, there's an option tree to say to reflect with pants or no pants. And you know I picked no pants. <laughs> of course. And you know I took many screenshots. That of is course, zooming of in. So we're getting ahead of ourselves <laughs> on this. But you know what? I'm glad that we got that out of the way so we didn't forget. Uh, <laughs> the story so far in the game is that uh, you, uh, Jin, are a samurai. Uh, and the Mongols are invading your island. And you, along with your uncle and the army of samurai, uh, go to take take out these Mongols. But, of course, they wipe the floor with all of you. They wipe out all the samurai uh, you narrowly escape with your life, and they have kidnapped your uncle, and it is up to you to to save your uncle from the Mongols. Um, and you're exploring the island of Tsushima, filled with uh, all sorts of villages, uh, foxes for you to follow, uh, yellow birds for you to, to, to follow for secrets, and lots and lots of Mongols to kill you over and over again until you master the controls. <laughs> of sword fighting. Uh, I got to tell you, Shaf, that uh, up until probably yesterday, no, the up until the day before yesterday, I was not enjoying this game. Really? I was not enjoying it. Now, keep in mind, I had just beat Last of Us 2, a masterpiece. Mwah. Uh, a masterpiece in modern gaming. Of course, the scale of that is more um, focused. You know, it's not an open world game. You're, it's a corridor exploration. Yeah, you have open areas, but it's not an open world game. You know, it's it's very tight and compact. The controls are refined. And you know how it is, Shaf. You you play one game for a really long time. You, you switch over. Your, your muscle memory and your hands is still accustomed to the game you were just playing. That's fair. So so things that I wanted to do, I was not doing. Like, I wanted to crouch. So I would go hit the circle button. But the circle button doesn't do that <laughs> in this game. I got to click the stick. Um, I want to run. Uh, I have to click the, the thumbstick to do it. Just stuff like that. So I was, I was sort of fumbling around with the controls. And outside of the, the uh, tutorial part of the game where where you're fighting on the island and you have to go uh, try to rescue your uncle immediately and you get thrown off a bridge. That tutorial spot, I was like, okay, this isn't bad. Like, okay, I'm getting the controls. You press triangle to to block a, a shot, uh, to break a defense. And then you press triangle again for heavy attack, square for light attack, um, press circle to dodge. You know, okay, all these basic things, right? And then finally the game opens up to me. And what's the first thing I do, Shaf? I'm like, well, I'm not going to play the story. Let me just run around. I'm running around the island getting destroyed. <laughs> Left and right. Just people doing this out of the other. And I'm thinking to myself, what 
what happened to all these things in the state of play that I watched where I can be the dishonorable samurai, where I can sneak up on people, where I can hide in the shadows, I can hide on the rooftops. Well, as it turns out, Chof, uh, you can do that stuff, but not immediately, not until you start playing story missions. True. And then all of a sudden, these these aspects of the games are open. So I, w- I started to enjoy the game more as soon as I gave up running around doing whatever I wanted to <laughs> and playing some story missions <laughs> and then gaining the ability to sneak up on people, gaining the ability to fire a bow and arrow, uh, and so on. So I'm, I am enjoying the game a little bit more now. But at first... I was like, I am. Tur- I I turned off the game in frustration at one point. Wow! Because I was getting destroyed. But again, I decided to switch up and play the the story campaign. All of a sudden, more abilities came to me, and now I'm enjoying it a little more. So <laughs> let that be a lesson to all you people who haven't played the game: play it correctly first. I know it's an open world game and your instinct is to just run off and do whatever you want. That's not what you should do in this game. <laughs> it's true. And you know, the other, the open world games that have come before it have sort of created that behavior in us, that expectation. And this is actually a game that's been kind of criticized for its open world activities. It's praised for visuals, praised for combat, but open world activities, not so much. It's not getting the, um, the acclaim, if you will. Um, I will say this. When I first started playing during that tutorial mode, when I, I was like, oh my God, I'm facing off against the main boss right away. Like when I, I was approaching Castle Canada and like I'm on the bridge against this guy and he is fucking murdering me. I'm like, am I really this bad at this game? Like how... Like they just taught me yeah. the controls and I'm like, I suck. I had, I had the same thought because up until that point, you're slicing and dicing fools. Yeah. Left it and is right. so easy at the, the beginning when you're just on like the beach and taking out these Mongols left and right as they invade, like they, it's like slicing through butter. Like there's, there's no problems whatsoever. They are not a challenge. Even when they kind of gang up on you, it's no big thing. But then facing off against, uh, his name is, uh, do, 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 do. Kotun Khan, Kotun Khan. So he's a, he's a descendant or relative of Genghis Khan. And he murders you within seconds. And I was <laughs> like, true. I was really worried. I was like, man, if this is the, what the game's going to be like, I'm going to be really bad at it. And then he knocks your character right off the bridge. I'm like, oh my god! And then I realized as I was as the cinematic happened, I'm like, oh, there's no way to win that battle. <laughs> That's just it's one that, of those. It's one of those where they want you to lose, where you have to lose, where you ha- your character has to go through a process to become ready. He thinks he's ready. He's not even close to ready. Now he's got to go gain some support. So then the the plot, as Wonder Rob and I have experienced, is you gathering. Uh, you, some friends, some allies to help you save your uncle who happens to be the Lord of the Island. So mm-hmm. um, being a little bit further than Wonder Rob in the game, I've done a lot more side missions. Uh, I've got some really cool armor uh, and outfits as well as some interesting uh, 
like vanity changes to the way my, my sword, uh, and bow look and things like that. I've taken a lot of really cool pictures in photo mode, which is a pretty beautiful photo mode with all the additional features like changing the weather, putting particles in the air. Uh, you can change the direction of the wind. Um, and there's a lot of various filters as well, including all the standard stuff like contrast and brightness and, and everything else. Um, the game is pretty difficult and I'm not even playing it on a difficult level. I find the combat to be challenging, um, because the types of enemies that come against you are pretty varied and you've got ranged fighters and you've got, uh, brawlers and you've got like the big brutes, uh, with that are shielded and you have to be in the right fighting stance to take them down. So a lot of it has to happen. A lot of it has to happen like right off the cuff. You have to be very quick to change up your, your sword fighting stances to be ready for whatever kind of enemies come your way. I haven't even tried that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just stuck with my guy holding his sword above his head. Oh, that's the water stance. Yeah. I'm doing the water stance right now. You're telling me I have to, okay, this is not something that even occurred to me. Again, I'm a little early in the game, but going into the menus and switching up my stances or am I assigning it like button buttons? Uh, it is a hot key. So you would press like, I think it's one of like the R buttons and then Mm -hmm. R and like, uh, your X triangle square circle buttons will can, will change your stance depending on which one it is. So you can, you can do it without (laughs) going through menus, but you do have to like hit a configuration. So it cracks me up. Like I'll see somebody, I'll see somebody far away and it either gives you the prompt to stand off with them. So you hit up and you do a standoff. It's essentially like doing a a draw in the old West, but with swords. But if I, if, if that prompt doesn't come, I'll pull out my sword. And in my mind, I think a samurai is going to pull out a sword. He's going to hold it with both hands. He's going to walk very slowly and look very menacing. My guy holds it straight up (laughs) over his head. I got a sword. <laughs> got me a sword. And one thing that sort of bugs me about the combat in the game, it's not so much the controls because once once you get your ass handed to you once or twice, you're like, okay, I got to remember. Or circle is dodge. Parry with R1. Uh, break their defenses with triangle. You know, stuff like that. But what really bugs me is that I'll be surrounded by five guys. I'll fight one guy, and there's a guy behind me coming at me, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to turn around and face this guy. I, I move the controller. I move the logical movement of the, the controller to make my guy turn and face this guy, but he just walks backwards at him. <laughs> Jin will just be looking at somebody else, <laughs> despite the fact that I'm making him try to attack the person that's behind him. And it almost always results in me dying or almost dying. (laughs) Has that happened to you? Uh, You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do know, but I think you 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 don't lock onto an enemy. Yeah. I think you've got like kind of an auto targeting system set up. So you might need to do. (sighs) Yeah. I got to take care of that because he wants to keep looking at somebody else. And I'm like, no, go back, go this way. There's an archer way on the other side of the field shooting ears at me. I must, take care of the archer first and my guy's running backwards towards the archer 
shoot me in the back while I hold my sword in the air. <laughs> I think it just goes off of your proximity to people. So if there's somebody closer, he's going to automatically target the closer enemy. So that might be your problem. And I, again, this might be just specific to me, but I've, again, coming off of a, a such a polished game like Last of Us 2 and coming into this and seeing some of these Mongols run in circles and not come after me. <laughs> uh, one time I saw one guy running into the wall. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on in this game? <laughs> and, I, and I run up to him and I jump and I slice him in half. And I'm like, get out of here with that nonsense. Um, I'll tell you, though, in the, the few instances where I had to do the stealth and I had to be dishonorable, despite the game doing everything in its power to not to convince me not to do it. It does not want you to be stealthy. Right. It makes you feel bad for be, for being stealthy. Yeah. But I'm like, but this is how I like to play. <laughs> Those moments in the game I've really liked so far. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm running into like, there. I don't want to say there's a learning curve because I don't think that the controls are too bad, but it's just remembering, looking out for, because there's not like, if you think of like, Arkham Asylum shop or Arkham City where everybody's surrounding Batman and you're given a visual cue when somebody's about to strike you down. You're like, okay, I'm looking for the visual cue. Somebody's going to get me. I know when to dodge. I know when to do this and that. There's no visual cues, but you have to pay attention to everybody's body language. I see the person raising their sword. I got to remember to parry. I see the red little light. Okay, I guess there is a visual cue for, for some people and I can dodge. But at least for me... There's been a moment of, oh, shoot, I'm not remembering the controls correctly, and I'm dying. And the and when you die in this game, you don't just die. No, you your guy falls to his knees. He falls to the ground. The people attacking you have like a powwow. Which one of us is going to kill him? <laughs> you this time? You I killed the last one. You, okay, perfect. Okay, they walk up to you, and they're like, okay, I'm going to kill you now. And then they stab you. It's like a whole minute. From you falling down to when they decide to finish you. And I'm like, just kill me already. <laughs> I want to move on with my life. <laughs> that being said, I like the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like the game gets better as you go along. Um, it's a really pretty game, so there's so much visually to enjoy about it. Um, one thing I do like that we haven't talked about yet briefly, I just want to mention, is the shrines. So... Uh, throughout the game, there's various points, which in this part kind of reminds me of the parkour element of Assassin's Creed, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of climbing, uh, and like jumping and scaling of mountains that you have to do to get to the top of a shrine. And once you do get to the top, then you get, uh, you pray to whatever the shrine is for, and then you get to take a charm with you and the charms help you. Uh, with whether it be like buffs towards your health or to defense or you take less damage, what, whatever else. Um, there's a bunch of different ones and you attach the charms to your weapons to help you in, in combat. Mm -hmm. And the fact that that is so customizable adds another element to the game where you want to seek out certain um, open world activities like seeking out these shrines and having to do all the various scaling of mountains and stuff. And it also brings you into some really pretty visuals along the way, because you are really climbing, <laughs> climbing big time up these mountains tops. So that's a fun part for me that I've been starting to explore. Um, I've done a lot of the main missions, but I also 
am really enjoying not worrying about those missions either and more following whenever they say, Hey, there's this armor, this special armor that you can go to. If you go talk to this musician here in this town or whatever. So, um, I'm, I'm preferring the side missions to the main missions, but that's just me. When you're traveling from mission to mission, are you on the horse or are you going on foot? It's a good question. I kind of do both. Um, probably equally. I am not thrilled with the horse uh, mechanic of this game. I find it to be kind of simplistic and it, I, I wish it was more involved like the red dead redemption to horse element. Like that horse is a, is a part of you. Like you spend time naming your horse in this ghost of Tsushima game, but there's never really, right. there's never really a connection with the horse. Like you just keep calling the horse wherever, wherever, like whenever he like goes off and you go do your own thing, like you just whistle for him to come back and he comes back and all you do is ride him. Like there's no additional abilities of the horse. There's no building up of any bond. Um, I just kind of found it to be a little empty. Yeah. Same. That's why I asked. I, I, I don't really ride the horse. I pretty much walk everywhere in the game. And, I really enjoy it because there's a lot of stretches where like you're in between villages or there's not any enemies around and you're just walking around enjoying the scenery. And I think it's it's taking me back to my Death Stranding days uh, okay. <laughs> when I would just okay. be walking for hours and nothing would be happening, but I would be totally enjoying it. Uh, so yeah, in the game, I pretty much just walk everywhere. <laughs> well, then you get to see all the good stuff too. You don't you don't fly fast to too too fast where you miss things. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks great. It's a really good-looking game. And I'm playing it on a base model PlayStation. You got the PlayStation Pro. That's true, I do, but I don't have a 4K TV, so... But I still think, if I'm not... If I'm mistaken, Corrections Department will have to get its Google fingers set, but I still think you're seeing uh, better textures based on that. The resolution isn't, isn't set, but but I think you're getting better textures and better performance probably than me. Um, but I'm still enjoying it despite all that. But man, this game, like I said, it had me, it had me really seriously contemplating my purchase and thinking, is it just me? Because this game's getting lots of praise. And I was like, is it just me? Am I wrong? Am I the wrong one? Here? Cause I am not having fun, but yes, you're right. As soon as I started playing the game, right. Then it was, it was a, a treat to be had. I haven't unlocked any new armors or anything. I'm still running around in my pajamas from the the beginning of the game. I did just unlock my first um, charm slot and a charm. Uh, of course, I haven't seen any benefits from it yet. But there's so many ch- skill trees to look yeah. at. Uh, so There's uh, so many customizable options. It's almost overwhelming to start. Uh, so you really have to, despite the fact that I want to play just by playing the game, but I have to play the story missions to get better, but I also have to play the side missions to get the good stuff. It's like a real like t- tug of war in terms of which direction I should be going <laughs> in the game right now. Uh, but I, so far, now that I'm uh, I'm getting the hang of it, I'm not angry at the game anymore, at least so far. I'm enjoying it. So uh, I guess we'll just have to see more to come on uh, Ghost of Sushi. That's right. We'll keep talking me. about it as we keep playing it in the weeks to come. So you will you will hear more yes. about these games as we go. For sure. Well, 
I can tell by looking at the old clock on the wall, Shaf, that that's another episode of Geek So To Speak podcast in the can. Thank you so much for uh, sticking with us. Thanks so much for listening to us through our break. Thanks so much for coming back. And thanks for being a loyal listener. Thanks for hitting subscribe. And thank you for leaving us a nice review on iTunes or whatever uh, platform you listen to us on. Thank you so much. If you're looking to follow us as individuals, you can follow my best friend, Shaf, at... Shaf. I almost said you're the other one that they can't follow. You can follow <laughs> Shaf at S-H-O-F-F-V-O. That's V as in Valkyrie, O as in oyster. Shaf, Valkyrie oyster. You can follow me, Wonder Rob. Well, wait, hold on. I'm out of practice, Shaf. I didn't tell them where they could follow you at. You can follow Shaf at Shafio on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow me, Wonder Rob. That's W-O-N-D-E-R-R-O-B on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and of course, you can follow us on Geek So To Speak uh, by looking us up on Facebook. Geek So To Speak Podcast. Join the growing community on there. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Twitter. We're all over the place. We're everywhere. Uh, we will, of course, be back next week with more geek content. Well, what is the geek content we're going to talk about next week? I don't know. But it'll be there. That's a guarantee. <laughs> That's the Wonder Rob guarantee. You're welcome, folks. That's right. That is right. <laughs> oh, All right. Well, with that being said, we will see you folks next week. Same geek time. Same geek channel. See you later, guys. Take care. See ya. I love you. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. God damn it. You guys are fucking lame. Hello, boys and girls. This is your old pal, Stinky Whizzleteats. This is a song about a whale. No. This is a song about being happy. That's right. It's the happy, happy, joy, joy song. Happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy, joy. I don't think you're happy enough. That's right. I'll teach you to be happy. I'll teach your grandmother to suck eggs. Now, boys and girls, Let's try it again. Happy, happy, joy, joy. 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 Happy, happy, joy, joy.